to the Red Light Report. Your number one source for all things red light therapy. Where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Hey guys, welcome back to the Red Light Report. It's another solo sode, and so you know what that means. We're going to continue trekking through that fourth edition of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook. But before we do that, just a couple of rather exciting announcements as it relates to my company, BioLite. So I have painstakingly gone through and built the BioLite website from scratch the past couple of weeks. The whole interface, the whole user experience is going to be updated. It's going to be much more friendly to utilize, to go through and check out whether it's products or you're wanting to check out all the red light therapy information that we have on the BioLite website. It's been updated. It's been revamped. So that is going to be dropped later this week. Of course, podcasts are released on Thursday. So by the time this podcast is released, either the website has just been dropped, the new website, or it is about to be dropped. And so that is the first bit of news. If no one has ever built a website, I'll tell you right now, it's not the most fun process, but I'll tell you when, you, when you're on the other side and it's complete and finished, it's kind of a rewarding feeling. Kind of like <laughs> one of my first jobs as a teenager was, was mowing lawns. I worked for some guy that owned a landscaping company. And so it kind of reminds me of that where you mow the lawn and sometimes it can get a little monotonous and, and what have you. But after every single yard you mow, you look back at it and it's just that fresh, clean cut grass. And there's just something so satisfying about the job being done and the way it looks. So kind of the same thing with the website. It's, it's not the most fun process, but when you see the end result and the finished product, there is some sense of satisfaction there. But regardless, so, so look forward to that website being dropped soon. And then secondly, when that website is dropped, we're also going to be releasing a brand new full body red light therapy product. And it's just not another panel. In fact, it's not a panel at all. It's going to be basically what I'm going to call an industry changing product. And you'll see what I mean when it's released. Again, it's not a panel, but it is a full body red light therapy device. And the versatility compared to a panel is going to be exponential. Again, you'll see what I mean. I, I, I wish I could give more details. You'll see what I mean when it's released. And on my next solo episode, I'll go into that product in much more detail and talk about it more thoroughly. But until then, just stay tuned, stay posted for that BioLite website to drop. And once that's dropped, you'll see this brand new product that will be available for pre-order. That's all I'll give away right now. So just stay tuned for those. And then lastly, just a quick reminder, just something personal I'll be doing in a couple months here. I'll be in Rome, Italy, speaking at a symposium. Again, I'm not exactly sure if this is going to be streamed or if they're going to have videos that they'll post of the symposium themselves. But rest assured, I will be either on my personal Instagram account, which is Dr. Mike Belkowski, or the BioLite Instagram, which is BioLite.shop, just like the website. We'll be streaming that live when I do my presentation there over there in Rome. Of course, the time zones are going to be a little wacky, but but regardless, we'll record it and then it'll be a feed post, whether it's my personal page or the BioLite page. But regardless, that's another thing that's coming up. So I'm actually recording this on September 19th, which is a Monday, but 
I'll be speaking on November 19th, so literally two months to the day. I'll be in Rome. I believe it's a photobiomodulation symposium of sorts. It'll be covering other aspects as well. It looks like functional medicine and nutrition. I'll be speaking on the 19th. So again, as that nears or as we get closer to that date, I'll give you guys more of an alert. And if you're interested, you can watch that Instagram live or, of course, the recording if you can't watch it while it is live. But I digress. Those are all I have for the announcements. But pretty exciting. Brand new website. Same URL. Same address. It's still biolite.shop. But it'll have a completely new look and feel and a brand new product for all y'all. I can't believe I just said all y'all. That kind of just came out of left field. But anyway, let's move on to the ebook, the fourth edition. In the last solo sode, we covered hair health, heart health, and boosting the immunity. So we're going to pick up where we left off and continue with inflammation, which is, of course, one of the main mechanisms of action as it relates to red light therapy, meaning it's one of the main things that red light therapy will do every time you step in front of it. And that's how it helps so many different things. So again, as a quick review, the three main mechanisms is it modulates your inflammation. So it doesn't necessarily mean, I know I might've just said it reduces inflammation, but it modulates inflammation because sometimes you might not have any inflammation. So you don't want to lower inflammation to a sub level or whatever that would look like, like a negative level. It's going to modulate it. So it's going to increase or decrease as necessary, depending on what your body needs. Just like the mitochondria, it's not going to super, super, super boost your mitochondria. But if it's dysfunctional or not up to par, so to speak, then it'll optimize that mitochondrial health so that it's functioning as it should. So again, I kind of gave away one of the other mechanisms, but modulation of inflammation. The second mechanism is improving circulation, whether that's blood flow and or lymph flow. Whenever we have congestion anywhere along those pathways, that's where toxins and or nutrients that need to get to places can get kind of pent up or held up and they're not able, the nutrients aren't able to reach their end targets. And then the garbage that's trying to leave, especially through the lymph system, but also through the bloodstream, again, if it's restricted, then it's not able to get out and you're not able to rid yourself of those toxins or the garbage, whatever you want to call it. So it's a double whammy, whether it's nutrition getting in or garbage getting out. The point being, if there's restriction in those pathways, you're not able to receive or get rid of those things accordingly. So improving your circulation or just maintaining normal circulation is imperative for all types of health conditions or just maintaining health and wellness. And then of course, looking into that longevity side of things, the better you can keep your circulatory pathways open, that should in theory lead to a longer lifespan and of course, a longer health span, which is probably more important. And then that third mechanism that we all know about with red light therapy is optimized mitochondrial function or mitochondrial health. As we all know in the audience by now, mitochondrial health may be the most important aspect of health and wellness and longevity. But of course, in tandem with inflammation and circulation, that's what makes red light therapy so powerful is that it does all three. Every single time you step in front of red light therapy, whether you're treating the skin, whether you're treating things deeper than the skin with red or near infrared respectively, every time you're getting the bang for your buck with all three of those mechanisms of action. And as we know, based on the BioLite study from last summer, every time you do a 10-minute full-body treatment, five minutes in the front, five minutes in the back, 
you significantly decrease your stress. So you significantly ramp up your HRV or your heart rate variability, which is a good thing because that means you're able to tap into that parasympathetic nervous system and get out of that fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. So that's another thing that happens every time you do a full body red light therapy treatment is significantly reducing stress. And by significantly reducing stress and those three mechanisms we just spoke about, that has some powerful health and wellness benefits. But that was a long-winded rabbit hole to kind of talk about the topic we're going to begin with in this ebook here, which is inflammation. And so let's dig into it. And there's actually quite a bit of new research to cover here in the world of inflammation and photobiomodulation. But let's begin with the informational section. And actually, as I say that, there are no new updates to the inflammation information section because you can't really reinvent the wheel with, with what inflammation does to the body. But let's just cover a couple of these just for a quick review for those that may not have listened to my first round of covering the ebook, which would have been the third edition months ago when I was doing that. So let's just do the last couple of paragraphs here. Studies have revealed that red light therapy can produce anti-inflammatory effects that are comparable to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or NSAIDs is the acronym, but without the deleterious negative side effects of degrading your stomach lining and small intestines. And that's the massive take-home point here is that, again, red light therapy has the potential to reduce your inflammation as powerful as these anti-inflammatory drugs, but without tearing up your stomach and small intestine lining. And I learned this from my mom, who was a pharmacist in her heyday. And whenever, as a kid, we would take some sort of NSAID or anti-inflammatory, whether it was ibuprofen or, or Advil or what have you, you never, ever, ever took it on an empty stomach because that was terrible for the lining of your stomach and terrible for your small intestines. So if you are to take that stuff on an empty stomach, that is no bueno. That's doing more harm than good, especially if you do that on a consistent basis. So the point here is that red light therapy can give you those effects or those benefits of ibuprofen or, or Tylenol or Advil, but without the negative side effects to your stomach and small intestine lining. So that alone is a massive, massive benefit. Again, I harp on this all the time, but I'll say it again. That's the beauty of red light therapy is it's non-invasive, it's safe, it's non-pharmacological, so it's a very low floor, high ceiling, meaning low risk, high reward with red light therapy. And this is just one of the many, many ways or reasons why. Uh, and then moving on here, just, just a quick little paragraph that red and near-infrared light positively affects inflammation by inhibiting several cellular pathways and expressions of enzymes, including COX-1 and COX-2, which is COX-2 or COX-1, which are both involved in inflammatory conditions. So the net effect by inhibiting these pathways is reduced inflammation. And that's what a lot of those pharmacological interventions do is they inhibit COX-1, COX-2 to reduce inflammation. And it turns out that red light therapy does that as well. Uh, so it inhibits COX-1, COX-2 and leads to reduced inflammation. But as we mentioned multiple times now, does not lead to distress or the negative ramifications of tearing up your gut lining or your stomach lining. But with all that being said, let's move on to the research here for inflammation because there's quite a bit here. This first piece is from 
2021, and it goes on to say that, in summary, it is possible to suggest that photobiomodulation inhibit inflammatory chemotaxis, modulation of the balance of the pro and anti-inflammatory characteristics of inflammatory cells. So long story short, and they were looking at uh, inflammation in the jaw for this piece of research, but they determined that photobiomodulation inhibited this inflammatory storm or this inflammatory chemotaxis, as they put it, and it balanced the pro and anti-inflammatory characteristics of inflammatory cells and thus reducing inflammation. This next piece here from 2022, so kind of hot off the press here, they said that taken all together, these findings reinforce the ability of photobiomodulation therapy on positively impacting upon inflammation. So pretty darn concise and to the point there. And that kind of summarizes <laughs> red light therapy for inflammation overall. But moving along here, this one is from 2021, has to do with hyperinflammation induced by COVID-19. And they go on to say that we suggest that an underlying cellular mechanism involving modulation of reactive oxygen species may downregulate the host immune response after infrared light exposure, leading to a decrease in inflammation. Just kind of regurgitating the information, but just under a different context here. And again, relating to inflammation or hyperinflammation induced by COVID-19. Infrared exposure decreases inflammation. So that's great. And then this piece of research is specifically about diabetic wound healing. And this is from 2020. It says that the systematic review concludes that photobiomodulation therapy regulates inflammatory cytokine levels, enhances cell proliferation and migration, thereby improving the wound healing properties. Of course, when you're talking about diabetes or those dealing with diabetic wounds, those things are notoriously difficult to heal. And, and part of that is because of the nature of diabetes and what that does as far as inhibiting wound healing or healing in general. You have the inflammatory cascade that happens with diabetes. You have poor circulation to those wound sites. And so if you can throw in something like red light therapy to help reduce or at least regulate inflammatory cytokine levels like this research alluded to, not to mention improve circulation and optimize cellular energy levels, you're going to get some diabetic wound healing you certainly wouldn't get otherwise. And of course, you wouldn't use this as a standalone or, or depend on this as a standalone. This would be in conjunction with other healing strategies or wound healing strategies when you're talking about diabetic wound healing. Even just so, using this versus nothing at all would lead to very strong results. And even personally, I'm not diabetic, but I have had many wounds that I've used red light therapy for, and it's a stark, stark contrast between using red light therapy and not, both with the speed at which the wound heals, but then the lack of any remnants or leftovers of that wound, like it's much, much less likely to scar, and it's much more likely that you're not going to have anything showing afterwards if you're, if you're using red light therapy throughout their wound healing process. But with that being said, like I initially spoke about on this rant here is that diabetic wounds are notoriously difficult to treat. And so if they're demonstrating in a systematic review, which is a strong review of the best literature related to this topic, diabetic wound healing and, and photobiomodulation, if they're showing that red light therapy can help reduce inflammatory cytokine levels and help 
improve the wound healing process in a notoriously difficult wound to heal, that tells you that red light therapy is pretty darn powerful. And if it can do that for diabetic wounds, imagine what it can do for quote-unquote normal wounds. Anyway, let's move on to this next piece of research here. And this is also from 2022. They say that photobiomodulation therapy and S-tuberculata extracts reduced the oxidative stress and inflammation. And so for those that don't know what S-tuberculata, and I could be butchering that, S-tuberculata, culata, regardless. If you don't know what that is, I had to look it up myself. It is a species of cuttlefish native to South African waters. So let me read that piece of research again with that in mind. A species of cuttlefish native to South African waters. And the research said, photobiomodulation therapy and S-tuberculata extracts reduced the oxidative stress and inflammation. So as if we didn't already know that about red light therapy, if you can get your hands on some cuttlefish extract, (laughs) apparently it can further help reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. Maybe not a piece of research that's extremely relevant to all of us, but regardless, interesting and exotic nonetheless, and just further demonstrates that red light therapy helps reduce inflammation, and of course, with that, oxidative stress. But moving on here, maybe something that's a little more practical for us, and this one's from 2022 as well, this study says that this study showed that transcutaneous systemic irradiation reduced lung inflammation by altering mast cells degranulation and interleukin-10 levels. Pretty interesting because I've gotten quite a few questions specifically about how to treat the lung or how to treat, you know, cardiovascular issues, especially involving the lung. And so this is showing transcutaneous just means through the skin. So the transcutaneous systemic irradiation reduced lung inflammation by altering mast cells, degranulation, and interleukin-10, which is just inflammatory markers. So so pretty interesting. Treating the lungs through the skin, so again, just irradiating the lungs, and it would have to be near infrared light to get the lungs, but they're showing that they're able to reduce inflammation by such means. So pretty interesting, and good for those that are asking me whether or not you can really treat the lungs or how to help the lungs via red light therapy. So there you have it. This next piece of research is also from 2022. It says that the results suggested that there may be a link between a decrease in salivary IgA levels and decrease in inflammatory processes after photobiomodulation therapy. And for this one, they were looking at reducing acute pain and inflammation following surgery in the mouth, so for a molar. But again, using red light therapy, specifically red in this case, they're looking at the different, and this is how they're looking at salivary levels because they're already in the mouth. But the results, again, they're suggesting that there's a link between a reduction in the salivary IgA levels and reducing the uh, inflammatory process. So pretty interesting. I mean, getting some different type of objective data, because of course, when you're looking at other parts of the body, you're just relying on some white cells or the one previous with the lungs was looking at mast cells So regardless, it's interesting to see these different objective measures. And again, this one's looking at the saliva and they're seeing reduced inflammatory metrics, so to speak. And of course, that's why one of the big reasons why I came out with The Guardian for for BioLite was to help out with people's oral health with red light therapy. And this is before, I mean, of course, this research is from 2022, but 
And if you look at the oral health section, and once we get to that in the ebook, you'll see there's a lot of research backing the efficacious capabilities of red light therapy in the mouth, whether it's reducing inflammation, accelerating the wound healing process post-surgery, optimizing the oral microbiome. So just like the gut microbiome that we spoke about a couple solosodes ago, you can harness the power of red light therapy in your mouth to optimize your oral microbiome and also improve or optimize the beneficial bacteria ratio to harmful bacteria. And so whenever you have a dysbiotic gut, or I guess you could say a dysbiotic oral microbiome, that means you have too many harmful bacteria relative to beneficial bacteria, but you can literally improve that ratio with the power of red light therapy, both in the gut and in the mouth. So that's massive. And it's also great to see that we're just getting further validation or further corroboration that red light therapy is indeed reducing inflammation, in this case in the mouth, and in this case, they're looking at the saliva. So pretty cool. Moving on to another piece of research from 2022. This one says that the results suggest that red LED, according to the protocol used, modulates the number of inflammatory cells in the early stages of the healing of third degree skin burns. So there you go. You need red light to treat the skin. And there you go again. Red light helps reduce inflammation or modulate inflammation in the favor of healing, and in this case with third degree skin burns. So that's another thing people don't necessarily think about, whether it's sunburns or skin burns, or even you roll your ankle and you have a balloon in your ankle because of the swelling. You can use red light therapy to accelerate that healing process, reduce the swelling, reduce inflammation, and again, move that healing process along. So that's just something to keep in mind. Red light therapy should be one of those things you first turn to whenever you're looking to heal something, regardless of the type of injury or condition. And here's the last piece of research regarding inflammation. And this one's from 2022 as well. This goes on to say that taken together, our data indicate that transcranial photobiomodulation can improve the inflammatory response and the activation of intracellular signaling proteins linked to vascular function and cell survival in the aged brain. That's pretty cool. And that's something hopefully we'll get more and more research on, and I've said this multiple times now, is more research on the brain via transcranial red light therapy. And again, in this case, they're showing that they're able to reduce or or improve the inflammatory response via red light therapy through the skull. It's been long overdue, but hopefully well worth the wait. That's right. The fourth edition of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook has finally been released. It's up, it's live, it's on the BioLite website. And for those that aren't super familiar, the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook, it was designed by me specifically to help you enhance your experience and results with red light therapy by giving you specific treatment protocols that are based on the research so you can pick specific protocols based on your health and wellness goals. The previous edition, the third edition, was around 90-95 pages. This fourth edition is over 160 pages. There's been a ton of information, research, and protocols added. For example, I've added entire sections on cancer, gut health, stem cells. A vast majority of the sections were updated with research. For example, there's several in anxiety, depression, bone and joint, brain health, eye health, gut health, nerve injury, 
and there's a couple in sleep. And I've added an entire woman's health cycle optimization protocol that Kayla Osterhoff recommended I put together. So I did. So the PDF ebook is available on the BioLite website right now, and there will be a Kindle version very soon. And if you're listening to this sometime in early August, it's probably already released by now. But for you guys, for my loyal Red Light Report listeners, I'm giving you guys a 15% discount on the ebook or the lifetime subscription if you don't have that already. Coupon code ebook4, the number four, at checkout to get your 15% off. Again, that's ebook4 at checkout, the number four. 15% off the ebook, 15% off the lifetime subscription. I hope you guys find this new version even more informational, educational, applicable, and leads to more effective results for your red light therapy treatments. So I genuinely hope you enjoy this fourth edition of the ebook. As far as protocols in the ebook, we have one for inflammation. So there you go. There's one for skin issues where you want to use red light only. And then there's a protocol for all other inflammation where you'd want to use red and near infrared simultaneously. And moving on to another one of the brand new section I added to the ebook and also the BioLite website is nerve injury. Because before I had brain and nerve injury or brain and nerve health all wrapped up into one page, which, you know, while it was comprehensive, it was kind of almost too general because, again, of course, brain should have its own section, brain and cognition, because I don't think Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and autism and concussions belong in the same section as spinal cord injuries and peripheral nerve injuries and such. So they definitely deserve their own distinct sections. And thus, we have the nerve injury section. So without further ado, let's move along. The informational section goes on to say that most cases of nerve injury recover spontaneously over a varying time range. Regeneration of a peripheral nerve can start almost immediately after the injury. However, despite the ability of neuropraxia, which is a mild nerve injury, and axonotmesis, which is a severe nerve injury, to recover spontaneously and the support of cortisone or anti-inflammatory or neurotrophic drugs, the symptoms experienced by the patient do not always resolve quickly. This process often requires treatment with drugs such as steroids for very long periods with the risk of developing other pathologies as a result of lowering the immune defenses. The effects of red light therapy on nerve damage were verified in the sciatic nerve in 17 articles, the facial nerve in 3 articles, fibular nerve in 2 articles, and the vagus nerve, accessory nerve, alveolar nerve, and dorsal root in 1 article each. Scientific literature reports that painful neuropathies are associated with altered mitochondria, such as in chemotherapy-induced neuropathy, diabetic neuropathy, HIV-associated neuropathy, and Charcot-Marie-Tooth neuropathy, suggesting that mitochondria are mechanistically involved in these diseases. In each case, the reduction of ATP availability in stress conditions, such as a nerve injury, results in cell death and neurodegeneration, as the ATP reduction leads to neuronal depolarization, favoring the release of neurotransmitters and impairing their ATP-dependent reuptake. In response to trauma causing partial or total nerve rupture, 
a series of events results in neuroplasticity that may or may not restore the functionality of the injured nerves. The neuron capacity of self-recovery is already well known and is particularly present and not diminished in autonomic, sensory, and motor neurons. In this context, regenerative neuroplasticity can, therefore, promote the morphological and functional restoration of injured peripheral axons. Neurotrophic factors, such as nerve growth factor and brain-derived neurotrophic factor, are capable of playing an important role in the process of axonal regeneration since they are directly associated with the promotion of neuronal survival. It is known that complete nerve regeneration depends on trophic conditions which are highly favorable to neuronal protein synthesis. Through its photochemical and photobiological effects, produced at the cellular level, it has been shown that red light therapy can favor the development of pro-regenerative trophic conditions by increasing the expression of neurotrophic factors and may inhibit the inflammatory process. Damaged peripheral nerves can regenerate, but they often do so imperfectly, resulting in very difficult living conditions for the injured patients. Fortunately, Many recent studies investigating the effects of red light therapy in peripheral nerve injury models have shown an immediate protective effect, boosting electrical activity in the injured peripheral nerve. Red light therapy also modulates inflammatory processes by reducing edema formation and inflammatory cell migration. Finally, infrared irradiation has been shown to increase the rate of axonal growth and the thickness of the myelin sheaths. A critical literature review article found that more than 80% of the experimental studies conducted with red light therapy had led to a positive result in functional recovery of nerves in a post-operative period. It is believed that the mechanism of action consists of the absorption of photons by the cell, which possibly accelerates the activity of the electron transport chain increasing the synthesis of ATP in the mitochondria and thus favors pro-regenerative cellular reactions. Other studies point to actions mediated by the increased blood supply and cell proliferation. So there you guys have it. (laughs) Quite a mouthful right there, but in a lot of different ways, demonstrating how red light therapy, specifically the near-infrared, because you got to penetrate deeper than the skin to get to those nerves, of course. So it's that near-infrared light that's leading to an increase in mitochondrial function in this ATP production. So you're able to uh, boost the energy needed to, to initiate or carry along the healing process. But then you're boosting neurotrophic factors like the nerve growth factor and the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, both which are necessary and extremely important, especially when trying to heal from some type of a nerve injury, whether, again, it's a nerve or spinal cord injury. And then, like I mentioned there in the last paragraph, also improving circulation, as I said, mediated by increased blood supply. The nerves need lots of energy and they need a lot of nutrients to carry out their daily functions. So that's no different during the healing process. And it goes on to show that in that last paragraph, 80% of studies using red light therapy had a positive result in functional recovery of nerve injury. So if you're dealing with any type of nerve injury, again, red light therapy should be a complement to your recovery. Whether you're doing physical therapy, some type of outpatient hand therapy, if you're dealing with something in your hand or 
chiropractic or, or osteopath or functional medicine of some sort, whatever you're doing, red light therapy should be a complement to that and should help give whatever you're doing currently a synergistic response and further accelerate your healing and recovery process. So I highly promote utilizing that near-infrared light in some way, shape, or form. But let's move on to the research here as it relates to nerve injury. And again, kind of like inflammation, there's a decent amount of new research here, so it's pretty exciting. Just a quick reminder before we dive into the research, it makes sense that nerves should benefit or respond positively to red light therapy. And that's because nerves require a lot of energy and thus they're very mitochondrial dense, meaning with all those mitochondria, they're going to have a lot of cytochrome C oxidase, which absorbs and utilizes that near infrared light for the better. It's all about getting that light in that correct dosage to the correct area. And that's the tough part is that a lot of the nerves are very, very deep in the body. A lot of them travel right along or near the bone, meaning you have to get that light through all that tissue down to the nerve. One of the caveats I give people to red light therapy protocols is that most of them are shorter than you think, except for a very few being the brain and nerve injuries because they're so deep. And with the brain, you have to get through the skull. But with nerves, you have to get most of the light deep enough to the bone almost. A lot of these types of protocols are much, much longer than let's say the skin or treating some organs or treating for sleep or or even mental health to a certain degree. Because with mental health, you can treat the gut, which is much more superficial and easy to get to compared to the brain or nerves. But regardless, just throwing that out there that it makes sense that the nerves can benefit from red light therapy because they're so mitochondrial dense, but they do take an increased dosage to get the benefits you're looking for. So that's just something to keep in mind. But moving on to the research, this first article is from February of this year, 2022. It says that this study reveals a significant effect of LED-mediated infrared exposure on the functional recovery of the facial nerve. And so there, there you go already, alluding to infrared benefiting a nerve injury. And typically, not always, when, when you're treating the facial nerve, you're dealing with Bell's palsy. So I should say that another way. Not all facial nerve injuries lead to Bell's palsy, but all Bell's palsy issues are related to the facial nerve. So that's something to consider. And one of the perks about treating nerves in the face is that they're much more superficial than, let's say, nerves in your thigh or the sciatic nerve, which is deep, deep, deep. You'd have to travel through a lot of that fat and muscle tissue in your, in your butt to get to the sciatic nerve. You could also try tackling that in the back where the nerve roots come out, but that's kind of a topic for another time. But regardless, treating nerves in the face are relatively easy because they are so superficial, like the facial nerve here. But moving on, this article is from 2020, and they go on to say that physiotherapy, which is the English term for physical therapy, physiotherapy combined with photobiomodulation leads to better sensory motor recovery in patients with spinal cord injury, as well as better perception of health and quality of life. So again, this is kind of close to my heart being a physical therapist in the sense that if I were treating patients with spinal cord injuries, I can use my physical therapy tools and combine it with red light therapy. And apparently it's going to lead to a better sensory motor recovery as well as 
a better perception of health and quality of life for the patient. So that's a no-brainer if you're a physical therapist out there or someone who works with spinal cord injury patients, you should be combining red light therapy along with other tactics you're utilizing to enhance the recovery process. It's a no-brainer with research like this. But let's move along to the next piece of research. This one is from 2022 in July, so just a couple of months ago at this point. It goes on to say that in a limited sample size, our study concluded that direct photobiomodulation at the site of spinal cord injury would not produce adverse effects within the appropriate irradiation parameters. The method is safe, feasible, and does not add additional trauma to the patient. So this piece of research is kind of saying something different compared to the prior piece of research I read. It's not necessarily saying that red light therapy leads to better results. This piece of research is showing that irradiating the spinal cord will not lead to negative side effects as long as you use appropriate irradiation parameters. And if you're using any type of red light therapy panel from a reputable company or brand, you should be well within those irradiation parameters because you're not going to be using lasers, which are much, much higher irradiation. So you have the potential to heat tissue, overtreat, things like that that can cause damage or, or negative consequences. But suffice it to say, between the this piece of research and the one I just spoke about with physiotherapy, it looks like red light therapy, specifically near-infrared light, leads to positive results with spinal cord injuries without having any negative or adverse effects when you use it appropriately. So again, it's a no-brainer, something that should be added to spinal cord injury patients or people to help them along their recovery without having to worry about it leading to any setbacks or negative consequences. Moving along to this piece of research, which is from 2021, uh, they go on to say that photobiomodulation appears to be as effective as conventional therapies being a coadjutant or helping along with therapeutic opportunity for the treatment of trigeminal neuralgia. And for those that aren't familiar with trigeminal neuralgia, that's a condition that causes painful sensations in the face that are kind of like an electric shock that can go into your, to your jaw, to your cheek, around your eye. So they're certainly not pleasant. But again, that's another nerve or set of nerves. It's trigeminal. So there's, it's a path of three nerves that break off into three sections of the face. It's a nerve that's relatively superficial. So it'd be easier to get that near-infrared light and lead to those beneficial effects. So again, this piece of research is showing that apparently photobiomodulation or red light therapy appears to be as effective as conventional therapies. As a physical therapist, we learned a little bit how to treat trigeminal neuralgia. The way I would treat it would be with dry needling to help treat and heal the nervous system. So with the tools in my arsenal, I would certainly use a combination of dry needling and red light therapy. And I don't know exactly what they used in this article, but it is a systematic review. For them to say that red light therapy appears to be as effective as conventional therapies, that's pretty darn high praise. And that kind of harkens back to our initial topic in this solo sode, which was inflammation in that research that shows red light therapy is as effective as NSAIDs minus the negative consequences on your, your gut lining and stomach lining. Well, here it's showing that red light therapy is as effective as conventional therapies for trigeminal neuralgia, 
But again, I don't know what the other conventional therapies are. They could be related to other pharmacological interventions, which of course we know have a lot of negative side effects pretty much every time you're, you're involved with that type of a treatment. If you just quickly Google trigeminal neuralgia treatment, you'll see that they say that treatment includes medications, injections, and surgery. I do know that they use Botox sometimes when trying to deal with nerve maladies or, or nerve conditions, neurological conditions, which has its own set of potential negative consequences, of course. So yeah, I would say the medications, injections, and surgery are certainly more invasive than, <laughs> than red light therapy. So, so similar to uh, red light therapy, having comparable inflammatory properties as an NSAID, this piece of research here is showing that red light therapy appears to be more effective than conventional therapies but like I just mentioned, they're probably much less invasive and thus much less riskier. So why wouldn't you choose something that's more effective and less risky? Moving along here, there's, there's a couple more pieces of research here. This one is from 2020. goes on to say that photobiomodulation led to an acceleration on muscle repair process and effects were more evident in two weeks after peripheral nerve injury. Thus, Photobiomodulation is indicated for the area over both the injured nerve and the affected muscle. And so this piece of research was specifically looking at muscle repair following a peripheral nerve injury. And so, of course, they're indicating you want to irradiate the area of both the injured nerve and the injured muscle to lead to positive results. But the other interesting part of this research is that they're showing it takes about two weeks to see an appreciable increase or a difference with red light therapy, which when you're talking about a nerve injury, yeah, it's going to take longer than just a couple of treatments or even a week's worth of treatment. So I'm actually kind of surprised that they're saying that uh, the effects were more evident in two weeks. So I don't know if they're just saying it's more evident in two weeks versus one, or if like two weeks you get this spike. But regardless, it makes sense that it's going to take longer to notice an appreciable difference via red light therapy. But regardless... Very cool to show that they're seeing positive results with a different type of peripheral nerve injury, and in this case, coupled with muscle injury. So again, whenever you have a type of injury that involves inflammation, which is darn near every type of musculoskeletal injury, you should be utilizing red light therapy some way, somehow. And even if you don't know the exact protocol, just use it like you would generally for inflammation or use it for anywhere between five and 10 minutes at about six to 12 inches away and use the combo if you don't know, because it's not going to hurt to use combo. But just know if you're trying to treat something deeper than the skin, you must include near infrared. But again, if you if you don't know what to do, utilize what you have, whether it's a, it's a small device, a small panel, a full body panel, and just irradiate that injured area for about five to 10 minutes at about six to 12 inches away. I don't want to say I guarantee, but I darn near guarantee you're going to see positive benefits or an accelerated recovery if you do that on a consistent basis. And, and what I tell people, and this isn't necessarily shown in the research, but actually some research does show this, that you want to stack your treatments closer together earlier on in the injury process. Meaning, let's say I rolled my ankle today. Well, I might want to do one or two treatments today, another treatment tomorrow, another treatment the next day, so on and so forth for about a week. And then after a week, go to every other day. And then after that second week, go to every third day. 
And by then, your injury should be pretty darn good unless you've literally torn something or caused some type of injury that needs surgery. But if it's just something in general, stack them closer together. Again, about two treatments for the first day or two, and then back off to one treatment a day for that first week. And then that subsequent week for the second week, just do every other day. And then for that third week, if necessary, do it once every three days or so, or just twice that week. And I think with that general outline, you're going to see some accelerated recovery or healing compared to what you're used to. But moving along to this last piece of research, this one is from 2021. They go on to say that this case report shows that photobiomodulation therapy can be a very promising approach for the management of severe nerve injury cases that are not improving with conventional methods. So kind of a different take on the trigeminal nerve, which said that photobiomodulation appears to be as effective as conventional therapies. This one is saying that it was almost an afterthought that they threw in red light therapy because conventional methods weren't working and that red light therapy seems to be a promising approach. But again, I would harken back to what that earlier piece of research said that red light therapy can be as effective as conventional therapies when treating a peripheral nerve injury. And I would use it in tandem with whatever conventional method is is being utilized. Again, whether it's physical therapy, occupational therapy, chiropractic, osteopath, functional medicine, what have you, integrating red light therapy in some way, shape, or form along with your quote-unquote conventional method. And I think that's going to lead to the best results possible. Again, don't necessarily just depend on red light therapy to do everything, although it seems to be pretty powerful as a standalone. But again, just like most therapies, using them in combination with other treatment modalities or tactics, you're going to have a synergistic effect and get a superior result. When we look at the protocols I have available in the ebook here, there's a decent amount. So we're pretty fortunate that there's enough research here that I was able to come up with these protocols. But the first one is peripheral nerve injury. And you'll see that the treatment time is upwards of 20 minutes. And that's what I mean by most of these neurological or nerve protocols are longer. Because you'll see if you look through the ebook with all the different protocols, most protocols are a couple minutes to five minutes at most. And this one goes up to potentially 20 minutes for the peripheral nerve. And then we have Bell's palsy, and that one's 9 to 11 minutes. So again, that's that's even pretty long. Bell's palsy, which is the facial nerve, and spinal cord injury. And this one, again, this is massive. This says one to one and a half hours irradiation. And that's because the spinal cord is so deep. Not only do you have to go through all that tissue, but you have bone, the vertebrae you have to pass through. So just like the brain, you don't get much light once you have that light pass through the skull. So compound that with all the extra tissue in your back plus the vertebrae, that bone, and then you have to get that light energy to the spinal cord. So that's a pretty high dosage treatment, one to one and a half hours. But still, that's what the research shows. It takes many, many, many more joules of of light energy to get that therapeutic response with a spinal cord injury. And of course, that's a massive injury. That's The spinal cord isn't small, especially when you compare it to a peripheral nerve injury. But again, that's a massive, massive treatment. But again, if you're dealing with something like that, you'll do whatever you can to get some, some type of improvements. And a little goes a long way when you're dealing with a spinal cord injury. But again, doing that in tandem with all types of, you know, occupational therapy, physical therapy, 
so on and so forth, doing that in tandem could potentially move the needle quite a bit for, for that recovery process. But for now, guys, that's where we're going to end for today. And looking forward towards the next solo sode, well, we're going to begin with oral health, which is a behemoth. And while there's not a lot of new information, there's some new research, which will be fun to cover. But we'll end it there today with inflammation and nerve injury. Those are two, I say this every solo sode, but it's so true, two massive and important topics. Because inflammation covers darn near every type of injury and, and a lot of different pathologies. But then nerve injuries is extremely important because if you've ever dealt with a nerve injury, you can attest to how, gosh, how arduous and how lengthy the recovery process can be. And if you want a sample of a quick nerve injury, just hit your silly bone really hard and get that numbness and tingling and that that nerve electrical shock up your forearm to your fingers and you'll get an ounce of what it's like to go through a nerve injury. So if you legitimately have one, again, you'll do anything and everything to see some improvements. But again, to have something that's non-invasive, safe, high reward, low risk, like red light therapy, it's a no-brainer. And I'll get off my so- <laughs> I'll get off my red light therapy soapbox. You guys know how I feel by now. But again, guys, we'll, we'll start with oral health next uh, solo soda and take it from there. But in the meantime, keep your eyes peeled if you're on the BioLite email list or if you follow BioLite on social media or me personally on social media, you'll see some exciting new information about the new website, about that brand new full body red light therapy product. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in and listening to the Red Light Report. I wouldn't be doing this without you guys and without having that positive feedback and support that I get from all you guys. So I want to say, as always, I appreciate every single one of you for listening. And as always, light up your health. I'll see you on the next episode or solo sode. You guys have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolite.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.